Hey, it's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Karen Docs, and I am here to personally invite you to my next masterclass. It's termed Seven Strengths Your Private Practice Team Must Utilize in 2024 to Boost Productivity. Already, let's just be real, people. Do you remember that med school class on team dynamics? Me either. Yes, med school left out the manual on managing people. We learned a lot of things, but that part we really didn't catch, right? You're navigating through challenges, private practice owners. You're trying to deal with the front desk staff, the back desk staff. You're trying to deal with learning all of these things on the fly. You're juggling constant decisions here and there, conflicts, and also burnout. But can you imagine if it could be different? Can you imagine if you can tap into your team's strength and be able to use it more efficiently, right? That's what this class is about. So I would love to have you there. We're having this masterclass and all you have to do is just register at this wonderful, wonderful, Look, link, it's right here, yourcarendocs.com slash masterclass. We're having it on January the 23rd at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. So register and book your particular private event. Actually, you're just going to be hanging out with me and learning all the wonderful things, right? Yourcaringdocs.com forward slash masterclass. So don't forget, we're going to be talking about the seven strengths that your private practice will need. And you're going to be able to utilize the team strength in 2024 to boost your productivity. All righty. Now let's go on to this next wonderful episode. I can't wait to see you inside this masterclass. All righty. I'd love to serve you there. Bye. Hey, it's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs, and welcome to the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. All right, we have over 200 wonderful interviews with our doctors here, and this week, I am going to give you some of our top and most listened to interview, so you are going to get a bonus. Yes, all day, this week, every morning, I think we're going to redo it, like every morning, we're going to drop an episode where you will get to hear all these wonderful gems that these doctors have given us over these last over 200 episodes. Can you imagine? So some of our top ones, we're going to give you a bonus this week, right? So thank you for listening in and thank you for supporting the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show and enjoy this wonderful episode. Okay. Hello, 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 everyone. Hey, it's Dr. Tamar Beckford with the Dr. Tamar Beckford Show. Okay, so this is the show where I get to introduce all of my really good friends who are all doctors and doing amazing things inside and outside of the clinical space, right? So today I am bringing on one of my personal friends. It's okay if I tell them that we're personal friends? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, perfect, perfect. All righty, so I'm bringing on one of my, per my personal friends on Dr. Noha Polak, right? We're gonna be talking about obesity, right? But most importantly, Dr. Noha Polak is a pediatrician, so we're gonna be talking about it in kids. Now, the biggest thing that we're gonna cover is how to talk about health versus talking about weight in the kids, right? Now, we're not doing any fat shaming or anything like that. But before I go even further, if you are watching this, I know you're gonna really love this episode. So I want you to go on to our website, right? Which is yourcaringdocs.com. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S.com. Select podcast, right? You'll see Dr. Noha Polak's beautiful face. You click on there and you'll be able to hear this wonderful episode. So click listen here if you have any um, Apple devices. I'd love for you to leave a five-star review here because we know you're going to love this episode. You'll see a list of all these beautiful faces of doctors and great episodes. So don't hesitate. You know what? Don't hold back. Make sure you do all of that, right? Now, I'm going to bring my sister doc in in my wonderful fashion, right? So we're not going to just throw her up here. We got to make you see how amazing 
she is, and that's why she's my friend, all right? So Dr. Noha Polak, she is a graduate of the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey, New Jersey Medical School, hey, hey, NJMS. I know now it's called Rutgers New Jersey Medical School, but we are both represented NJMS. Right, yes, yes, yes. And yes, I went to that school. Is this a personal thing? Maybe. <laughs> so Dr. Pollock also did her pediatric residency at Albert Einstein in the Bronx. So all our BX people, yes. And we were just talking. She said she was driving from Jersey to the Bronx every day to do the residency. So from Jersey to the Bronx. So you know that <laughs> she went through it. Yes. She is the owner of Progressive Pediatrics and she's been practicing in Union City and Bayonne, New Jersey since 1996. So Dr. Pollock is very passionate about advocacy and healthy living in preteens and teens. And she's been helping them love their bodies ever since. She helps them with mindset work so that she can help them with healthy habits. And they eventually will make a difference in this great world of ours, right? So it's all about helping the kids so that when they get older, they are the ones who are gonna make a wonderful difference. Now in today's episode, as we talked about, we're gonna give all the tips to parents. So if you're a parent out there, right? Or if you interact with kids such as preteens and teens, in any way, we're going to give you the right language to use to communicate about health rather than weight. So welcome, 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 Dr. Noha Polo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on your show today. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Alrighty. So, hey, we have a hello, hello from one of our wonderful sister doc, Dr. Christina Dewey. Hello, Dr. Christina. Thank you so much for joining us. Alrighty. So, you know, Dr. Pollock, we're going to dig all up in your business, like we said, <laughs> and go back and you just give us like an idea of what it is that was going on through your mind. How old were you? What was going on when you said, you know what? I want to go into medicine and become a doctor. So just give us that story. So um, to be honest with you, I decided in high school, one mm -hmm. of my teachers, my anatomy and physiology teacher was really cool. Mm -hmm. So shout out to teachers, to be yes. honest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Huge difference in my life because she made me love anatomy and physiology. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm going to go into medicine because mm -hmm. I really enjoy checking out the body, seeing how it works, etc. And um, so I think it was in high school. And then in college, you know, I went to Rutgers um, mm -hmm. University in New Brunswick, and it was a great experience, but it was a huge place. And it's still yes. a huge place. <laughs> it still is. Lost. I felt a little bit lost. And then, um, you know, I made it through the first three years, did pretty okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then I went to talk to my, you know, college counselor, and I asked him, I said, you know, I think I'd really like to go to med school. And then he looked over my transcript, my transcript and said, no, no, you better look for a research job. I don't think you can make it. And I, that like lit me up on fire, Dr. Beckford. I, like, I can imagine. <laughs> so I went crazy applying to med school and I made it and here I am. So shout out to all the counselors. Don't say no. <laughs> yes. Let's see how. Exactly. Let's find a way how to help. Wonderful, wonderful. No, I can understand, you know, people with very um, lit fires within them. That's usually a fuel for the fire. Um, I don't think you can do this. Oh, really? <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Exactly. I love it, love it. Alrighty, so now, you know, we just went ahead. We have this beautiful introduction to um, the physiology in the body, the anatomy, and the interest got sparked, pun intended, <laughs> while we're in high school. And then the fuel to the fire when it's just like, okay, this is what I want to do, especially being told, mm, I, don't, I don't think you're cut out for it. Yeah, you know, that added a little bit more fuel to that fire. So now you're in med school because you said you went crazy. You're like, I'm going to get this done. You're in med school, but there's so many different specialties that are out there. But you decided to go towards pediatrics. So what brought you towards peds? Oh, my goodness. It's the relationships. 
So mm-hmm. I think in every um, field, you can form relationships with people. But mm-hmm. in pediatrics, I have these long-term relationships because now I've been in practice for so many years. Now I get to see the children that I saw as parents. And mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, so when I first started my residency, I was like, this is kind of cool. You get to see people like evolve. Mm-hmm. The evolution for me was great. And I love the connection even more than the medicine part, to be honest. So that's oh. why I think pediatrics. <laughs> I love it. So you're there connecting with the kids. And, I, you know, I can really attest to that because I remember with um, even my brother, my brother is way younger than I am. And when he was born, you know, he's going to the same pediatrician. And then when uh, I think it was, she retired, probably within the last maybe a handful of years, but she got to see him and say like, oh, by the way, I'm going off to college and, you know, we're from Jersey, so Jersey, Jersey, stand up. And she got to see him saying, okay, you know, yeah, I'm going off to college in Texas. And I, I, he was a preemie, so she saw him at the four pound stage and then now this huge gentleman <laughs> that's leaving off. So that's such a long-term relationship, as you mentioned. That's, I can imagine how heartwarming it is seeing the kids navigate through different, you know, just learning how to walk, learning how to talk. And then like now they're like seeing the world, exploring and having to think about the different um, parts that occurs during adolescence and preteens and so on. So now one of the things that's happening and, you know, we know that there's a obesity is on the rise. And then especially with this pandemic, there was a huge increase in obesity, not just in the kids, in the adults too, but definitely I know the pediatric um, society has mentioned the rise that occurs uh, that occurred during that period of time. Now, what do you think were some of the causes of the increase um, in obesity in kids? I mean, besides sitting still all day and having to do school without playing outside. <laughs> the stress, I think the stress um, you know, made us all, okay, mm-hmm. myself including. Hello, me too. Yep, eat differently. You know, people were snacking more. People were having five or six meals a day just to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I enjoy eating, so I'm just going to do it because, you know, this has been an awful boring day. Mm-hmm. A lot of my patients um, relate to that mindset, to be honest. And uh, But I think that the American Academy of Pediatrics is focusing on children's weight is totally appropriate. Mm-hmm. I do think that as physicians and as parents, I think the focus needs to kind of change a little bit, Dr. Ben, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. because I feel like the, the damage that obesity is doing to our, to our children's bodies is terrible, but the damage that our words are saying to these patients and these kids about mm-hmm. their body is causing even worse damage. Yeah. So, so that's why I do speak to my patients about their weight and their health, but mm-hmm. I talk to them a lot about what they think of their body. What mm-hmm. do you think? Do you like how it works? Do you like how fast you run? Do mm-hmm. you go up the stairs with no problems? That's where I hope to focus attention rather mm-hmm. than, you know, what's your weight? Can we get mm-hmm. it down? Let's talk about your BMI. Right, right. The infamous BMI. Oh my gosh, those three words <laughs> or those three little initials. So now the thing as as I love that you're talking about is that when we're interacting with preteens and teens, you know, about weight, is to really talk to them at a level of not as much like, well, talking down to them or bringing this like you know awareness in front of them that you're not within the societal standards of what we want this perfectionism to look like right and that we're doing it through how are you feeling so i love the fact when you're talking to the you're really getting to the underlying so emotional happening to them and when you do that with the response from the preteens and teens? I mean, the response is usually kind of surprised, especially from the parents. Um, (laughs) They're like, oh, really? Uh, You know, you're not going to tell me I'm fat? No, I'm not going to tell you you're fat, child. You're beautiful exactly the way you are. Let's get you somewhere where you feel healthy and happy Mm -hmm. and strong. And Mm -hmm. really 
I'm hoping to focus on that. So I walk into a room, Dr. Beckford, and sometimes mm -hmm. you can feel the tension. You kind of can't cut through it, you know? Yes. <laughs> the parent is so mad because they just saw the child's weight and the child feels guilty. And then there's usually tears, boys oh. and girls equally, tears. Mm. They feel ashamed of what has happened to their bodies. So I start to just, we all have to change this conversation for these kids' sakes, please, everyone. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about them as healthy individuals that we can help to be even healthier. Beautiful Ooh. individuals that we can help to feel good about their health and their body rather than, you know, I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds or I'm going to help you do this or that. Mm, that's such a beautiful statement, you know, healthy individuals in where we're going to make you feel even healthier because the way that you've described it, you have put them in a space that they're already feeling positive and we're just going to amplify that positive um, feeling, the emotion, and then it'll resonate with that person because they, they'll love the way they feel. And as you're saying, they'll love the, the way that they're able to interact with others activity-wise. And it's not really about the socialization of how I look. Because like you said, you're already beautiful. So we're starting off from the paradigm that you're already beautiful and you are already healthy. How can we improve upon that? And that's a little bit different than the way that we've all been taught to think about it, because we've been taught to think that we're starting from the paradigm of if you're not in this space then we're starting with the negative and let's bring you from negative over to positive. But how easy is it if you've put me in a negative space for me to start thinking positively? Well, in one minute, it's impossible. Mm. especially if the, the messaging at home and at school and on social media is different. So that's why let's talk, you and I, we can talk to parents right now and we can mm. say, look, guys, your kids are so strong and smart and they can be happy with their body, but your messaging is super important. Mm. Let's talk about the fact that someone who struggles with weight is not a weak person not a flawed yeah. person that not yeah. at all look at all the successful ultra successful people in the world who struggle with their weight like like oprah has put it out there so often right mm -hmm. lizzo so many people that you know multi-millionaires you think those people are weak or flawed i don't think so at all i simply no. think that we all have different struggles mm-hmm so let's change that mindset that when if your child is struggling with weight you have to see it as a struggle that you should help with rather than shame them so don't mm. shame them don't say don't eat that stop eating that don't order that How mm -hmm. you? and then you know if people are shaming your child in public you stand up for them you say this is my child mm -hmm. they're doing their best and they are healthy. Stand up for your kid and don't let people shame your kid. Wonderful. Can you imagine how powerful it is to see your the person whom you trust the most in your life stand up for you when another person is shaming you? Absolutely. And then also how horrible one would feel when the person you trust the most are using negative words towards you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like both instances are just very powerful emotional situations. And, you know, and a lot of times, too, like um, I know we've discussed this like uh, many times. Like I said, we are friends and so we've discussed this at different times. And we talk about like the nicknames that we give to the kids like, oh, we're going to give them this little nickname. And it's just like, well, these words words are powerful and words go into the psyche goes into the subconscious and then that person will hear that those same words in their minds whenever they try to do other things so let's talk a little bit about that <laughs> let's do it let's do it all right so the, yeah tell me about the nicknames and so on that you have seen and heard and you know how within the practice you've been able to alert the families because this is something that's so cultural at times and you know we don't even realize that we're saying these things but when you're alerted to the fact and you're just like whoa oh my gosh <laughs> so I, heard, I heard it all at the practice so i'm going to tell you a couple of them but i'm going to change and use different things to say okay? okay so first of all 
in in my community there's a lot of spanish speaking patients and they mm -hmm. love to use the word gordo which means mm -hmm. fatty mm -hmm. right so that's like a term of endearment right, right? so they use that often so that's one thing that when they call someone gordo this like they want to squeeze their cheeks but in reality the kid feels a little hurt guys you don't want to call mm -hmm. them gordo um we call some kids you know chunky sometimes mm -hmm. let's let's cut that out you know mm -hmm. butterball really don't call people butterball that's not yes. cool. <laughs> that's not cool call them a, a loving name a loving nickname mm -hmm. But even more important, let's let's see if some of these things resonate with with you, Dr. Beckford. Mm -hmm. um, how about you tell a patient that this scale does not measure your willpower? Mm, wow. Okay, we have to sit with this one because you know the in what I think is so fascinating about this conversation is that we're talking about it for preteens and teens, but as an adult, this is hitting in the core. <laughs> Because yes, we do look at the scale as an, especially as your body changes to say like, wow, my willpower is down and uh, I'm not filling the blank enough. And look, I wasn't able to fill in the blank enough to do this and look where I am now. So if this is happening to an adult, I cannot imagine a child whose brain is still developing and trying to cope with the world. Exactly. So as physicians out there, um, you know, we have to say these things out loud. So our mm -hmm. patients understand that the scale is not measuring their willpower. Mm. Right. It's just it's a number. And why do we need the number? I need the number to calculate doses. Medication. There you go. And I tell them that I need the number to calculate doses, wow. period. If you want to know the number, I'll tell you. But you, I, if you don't want to know, I won't tell you. It's all good. I'll let you know what habits to change. But I'm not going to say, I need you to lose 20 pounds. It's uh, so funny. Yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that she went to see her doctor. And her, all of her labs were normal. Mm -hmm. And he feels great. And the only thing that the doctor told her when, they, when the doctor called to tell her her lab results is that you need to lose some weight. That was the end of it. That was the end of the <laughs> It wasn't like change a couple of habits. It wasn't anything, but you need to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. And even though all of her labs were healthy and mm -hmm. normal, no mm -hmm. high cholesterol, no diabetes, no prediabetes, and this is a woman who is not a sedentary woman, right? She felt awful. And I'm like, hold up. Let's let's change that conversation. Let's say if you feel healthy, I'm happy for you. If you would like to change anything, I'm here to help you. But um, what if a patient doesn't want to lose weight? What if they're happy with their body as it is and you can help them be healthier just by tweaking a couple of habits, right? Mm -hmm. you, can, you can help them to do that. Help them to walk 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Help them to, you know what, eat whole grains instead of processed grains, right? Right. That's making a much bigger difference than saying you need to lose 20 pounds. Wow. Very, very, very powerful statement there. Because you're right. If the person already loves the way they look and the way they feel, but the issue is really in the medical standpoint, it says like, okay, well, let's tweak some of this to help the medical aspect, you know, versus saying, boom, you need to lose weight. Exactly. Especially someone who's already feeling powerful and their labs and everything is, is perfect, right? So we have a comment here. We have um, Charles Itua, I'm going to think. I hope I pronounced your name well. And you said, I love this conversation. It feels very natural and inspiring. And that is our goal. That's our goal, Charles, for it to be natural and inspiring. Because as we really think about the words that we're using, in order to describe people, to describe our kids, to talk about them in front of them, to talk about, to even describe ourselves, because that's another aspect too, right? With us as adults, especially us women, I know that it'll happen in males, but especially with us women, we're very critical about the way that we talk about ourselves, especially in, in the mirror. And we have the kids that are there. And I've read it, you know, when you're critical and you're especially hypercritical about yourself and you use the negative words to describe yourself, the kid 
there, has your genes, knows that they are a part of you. And so the words that you're using to describe yourself is the words that they're going to think describes them. You know, and like that's 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 important. So let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about it. So, mm -hmm. so here, here's a good example, right? Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. You and I both we go out to eat sometimes, and I love to eat. Okay, mm -hmm. I enjoy eating. I have yeah. a good appetite, and I don't want to apologize for my appetite, right? Mm -hmm. Not in front of my kids, and not in front of my friends. If mm -hmm. I'm hungry, I'm just gonna eat. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm gonna make the best choices possible. Mm -hmm. but I'm just gonna eat. And as a parent or as a role model, don't be apologetic for your own appetite. Your appetite is something inherent, okay? Yeah. You can tweak it a tiny bit, but you can't mm -hmm. fix it. It's like, look, I have curly hair. Sure, yeah. I can straighten it, but it's temporary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let that humidity hit right. <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> so let's deal with appetite as it's, don't punish your child if they have a big appetite. Don't mm. shoot them. Mm. Don't say, look, your brother's only eating half what you're eating. Then they feel terrible about their appetite, which is something that's not within their control. Now, what's within your control as a parent, if mm -hmm. you have a child with a big appetite, is what is in front of them. Mm. Not, not anything else. It's just what comes into your home. Right? right? Are you bringing into your home the most healthy, nutritious food available in oh. your community? And are you giving them their treats occasionally, but not daily, right? right? That's your job as a parent. So that's the conversation. Same with you. You're mm -hmm. sitting there and eating. Don't have a bunch of chips on your plate because that's what your kid's gonna eat too, right? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So. Don't shame your child if they have a big appetite because parents are not food police. They're not meant to be food police. Right, right. Wow, that's a very powerful, powerful statement. And really, as you mentioned with children and the different appetite, like I remember my youngest, you know, when he was born, he's just been a big eater since he's been born. He's three. I'm acting, you know, he's not like he's this big grown person. He's only three years old. And since he came out of that womb, he just wanted more and more. And um, while my oldest, who's five, he's very picky and, you know, he really doesn't want to eat as much. But it's, so it's good hearing this because it's good to know as a parent, I'm not going to say, well, Timothy, who is my youngest, like, hey, maybe you need to eat less because he's just an inherent person who likes to eat. Right. And so my job is to just bring as much nutritional food and have as much nutritional food in front of him so that he can enjoy this process. Because it's, I think we're all we've like now gone to this phase in um, the society where we went from the shame into oh, you should enjoy the meal. We're finally going back to telling people, enjoy your food, be slow sit and think about how you hear the crunches of the carrots, the sweet taste, while before we were like, oh, don't eat too much. <laughs> you know, so we should be, like we say, celebrating the fact that these kids do like to eat, but you said as the job as the parent is what are you putting in front of them? Or the job as that caretaker, what are you putting in front of them? But allow them to enjoy that. We have two people that are saying hello, hello, hello. So we have Dr. Dahlia and Blake. Hello, Dr. Blake. Thanks so much. And then we have Dr. Christina Dewey, who said that's so powerful. And I agree. Like some of the words that and the, what you're hitting there, you're just hitting some nail on the head and making me think about a lot of things about in my own household, in my whole, you know, not saying, Tim, 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 you're eating too much. No, Tim, enjoy your meal. Let me make sure that I bring you, you know, something that's nutritious enough, but enjoy your meal. You know, wow. Okay, let me see. Input nutrition. Okay, so Christine is letting us know that the government is asking for some input nutrition um, comments are due tomorrow and how to create messages needed. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Christina Dewey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now, you know, we have. Let's talk about the preteens and the teens, and we've been discussing the correct way to really communicate 
to them. And then this communication, as much as we're talking about preteens and teens, if you are an adult, we need to use some of these <laughs> skill set on ourselves and on each other. <laughs> you know, how are you feeling are some of the words um, that we're using on the questions that we're asking to these teens. How do you feel about how you look? Are you able to do the activities that you would, are you doing? Are you, do you want to improve upon any activity? Would you like to go up the stairs a little faster and so on? Now let's also talk about, we've talked about, um, one end of the spectrum, which is the obesity, and then we have now the other end with this, like the anorexia and the eating disorders, because I am an athlete and I was told to bulk up, or I am an athlete and I told that I need to be within this category to, you know, be on this particular team and I can't go too far up on the scale. So how do you address that? Um, with the parents so that they can address it with those who are probably in the authorities at, you know, coaches and so on that they might not directly have interaction with. Oh, I'd love to answer that question. What a powerful question. So first <laughs> of all, the whole goal of my advocacy is to mm -hmm. prevent that. Uh, yes. Okay. So I feel like that is the end point of shaming. Mm. Right, of misunderstanding people's appetites, of misunderstanding where your body is supposed to be. So we're not, we don't all have the same set points in our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. I'm meant to be a certain size, you're meant to be a certain size, period. Mm -hmm. Helping kids understand that their set point may be different from the skinny mini next door to them mm -hmm. is okay. So mm -hmm. I would say, conversations to prevent would be the biggest value that we as providers and physicians can give to these kids. Mm. If I do see a patient in my practice who's either borderline with an eating disorder or has an eating disorder, I treat it really seriously because this mm. is a life-threatening disease, right? Absolutely. So it's not something where I say, oh, let's talk about it, you know, next week or next month. I sit and really just figure out, okay, what are you thinking about your body? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Tell mm. me how many meals a day you're able to eat, mm. right? Do you eat two or three meals a day? And if you do, what is the makeup of those meals? So as providers, we just got to really dig in super deep with these kids. Mm -hmm. And then we got to figure out what their motivations are, right? Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. is, it, is it like you just mentioned with sports? Or is it something about the way they look or they need to fit into this dress for this particular prom or whatever? Or, mm -hmm. you know, their boyfriend left them and they're sad or their girlfriend left them for this reason. So honestly, it's a huge mental health issue. And luckily, mm -hmm. we have resources to deal with it because don't first of all, don't try to deal with it alone if you're a professional physician. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Team. And you yes. need to get, you need to talk to a mental health professional on behalf of this person and let them know, I am worried because this child has lost this much weight. Mm -hmm. uh, is this an outpatient or an inpatient kind of a situation? Mm -hmm. Right. So parents pay attention, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Open your eyes, pay attention. Is your child skipping meals? Mm -hmm. Is your child over exercising? Are they exercising three, four hours a day? Because that's not okay. Ah, <laughs> right? yes. Now, yes. if you're playing a sport and the team, you're playing with your team three or four hours a day, that's different. But I know yes. this with eating disorders that over exercise because they feel like every bite they put in their body, they need to work out. They yes, out. they're doing that calorie in, calorie out. Oh. Like, oh, so I need to, wow, wow. So, that, so, that I think is so important. So I think that the highlight of what you mentioned too, you know, two things. One is that we said as parents, you know, keep our eyes open and really be aware and in tune with the kids. And two, as professionals, try not to do it alone, which I think is just so important. You said this requires a team, a team, it's a team approach to making sure that we keep these kids healthy and keep them well. So once you're noticing um, that there's a deviation going on and your your level of suspicion has been heightened, then you contact as a team approach to speak with um, these children and their families so that we can give them the best care possible. 
wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Wow, that was very deep, but, but very needed. Oh my gosh, I learned so much during this portion. Alrighty, so now I'm about to pull it back to you because you know I'm all about being in people's business, all <laughs> of my guests. So one of my wonderful questions that I do love asking a guest, um, Oh, okay. Before we even go further, okay, we have a question from the audience. It says, what if it's the opposite and they just sit? So the question is pertaining to having a child who's over-exercising three to four hours of exercise. However, it's not being on a team. They're over-exercising because they're trying to fit within a certain um, body frame of certain weight and so they're thinking that calorie in is calorie out if I ate something and it's 200 calories then I need to exercise and burn off each 200 calories and so they're over exercising but then the question now is about what if it's the opposite that you have a child that's not exercising that's refusing to do any physical activity and is just sitting so what are some of the the um what are some of the responses to that that us as parents can do and in order to help the kids? And then I'll get in your business. All right. All right. So <laughs> first, of all, first of all, the answer is it depends. If it's a young child, really, if, if it's not a teenager, right, if it's below 12, 13, mm -hmm. then my question to the parent usually is, well, what are they doing when they're sitting all day? Ah. Are they on a device? Mm -hmm. The answer usually is yes they're on the device. They're either playing some sort of a video game, they're on their phone or in a tablet or a computer. Then mm -hmm. I ask the parent a super honest question, which is who owns the device? Mm. The yes. parent paid for this device, not the child. Yeah. So the parent owns the device, the parent should be in control of said device and mm -hmm. when it's being used. I like to empower parents to mm -hmm. take control of devices, which mm -hmm. can be harmful. Now, if yeah. your child is sitting in the house and not using a device all day and not moving, please see your pediatrician. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because that child is depressed. Right. And that child needs medical attention. They're not simply lazy. Children are not inherently lazy. Mm. Okay. What they will do is entertain themselves. Mm -hmm. and easier to entertain themselves with a device, they're going to do that. Right. Okay. But if they're not even entertaining themselves and they're not moving, then we have a medical problem that should be dealt with as such. Do not mm. call them lazy. Do not shame them. That's not going to ever work. That's going to make them withdraw even more. Right. Wow. So what is a parent's job? You're not the food police, but you are the electronic police. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we have empowered you with the badge to be the electronic police, okay? So <laughs> we are there ensuring that we're empowering you to really keep an eye on these kids and the devices. So keep them moving and keep them active. As you mentioned, which is a powerful statement, which is that children will find ways to entertain themselves. And if it's ways through electronics, then they'll do that. It's an easy way to sit and be entertained. However, if they are not using electronics and they're not entertaining themselves and they're just sitting, then there's something wrong. And it's important to get that addressed. Get to your pediatrician and then they'll get that team approach to helping you. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> we have Dr. Nupi who's coming in from the UK. Hi, Dr. Nupi. She says we are the electronic police. She loves it. She loves it. She loves it. Wonderful. Alrighty. So now we have been talking about that and I wanted to find out after, you know, so many years, you've been taking care of so many wonderful kids, their families. Now you're doing second generation. <laughs> so what is it that Dr. Noha Polak is doing for her self-care? <laughs> Well, I take good care of me. I exercise. I do work out three to four times a week. Mm -hmm. I love to go out on walks when it's not 90 degrees out in Jersey. So I'm out walking around. <laughs> the We're not going to talk about that because I'm in Texas. We, we're rolling <laughs> at a good 108 right now. <laughs> good Lord. So I love, I do exercise because it's important to me and it helps to clear my mind. I also do go for walks. I love paddle boarding. So in the summer, we go paddle boarding. Um, and honestly, I connect with friends like you, and I surround myself 
with people who are similar mindset. If we just early kids who are under twelve and the sedentary lifestyle, now kids are older, they've changed. Hello, everybody. I don't see Dr. Beckford anymore. I'm not sure what's going on. So I will talk until Dr. Beckford comes back. I'm not sure what's happening. So anyway, what I wanted to talk to you about next is try not to label food as food that's either a little healthy or very healthy. Oh, here you are. Yes, I, I am. I know I lost that connection, but I still remember the question. So so we talked about the teens. Another question is what about kids or kids who feels judged by um, others and who might even have mental illnesses? So how can we help those? I don't think I heard that the question properly because you were breaking up Dr. Beckford. Okay, okay. So the first question, is related to talking about kids who were preteens and having sedentary lifestyle. And we discussed that if their um, kids love to entertain themselves and therefore if they're not, something's usually wrong. So now the question is asking, what if it's a teenager? So the teens that are doing the sedentary lifestyle. And then another question, and Charles, if you're still watching, I'd love if you can repost your question so that I can ensure that I can get it properly. Um, so they said, what about if we have um, a teenager who's being judged by other teens and, you know, this either causes mental illness or, you know, that teen might already have mental illness. So there's two those two conversations that we, we want to delve into. So that's a really big one. Teenagers are super sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I like to talk to kids really early on about the difference between an opinion and a fact. Ooh, love it. Okay, so if someone tells me I have beautiful blonde hair, that is their opinion, definitely not a fact. I will not believe them. If someone <laughs> calls your child fat, that is their opinion, not a fact. So mm -hmm. first of all, you are, as a parent, get to say, is that an opinion or a fact? Now, if your child believes that that's a fact, that mm. could be motivating for them to get healthier, but that doesn't mean that they have to lose weight. They right. also should honestly push back a little bit verbally and say, I feel good in my body. They're mm -hmm. allowed to say that out loud. They're allowed to say that in their own head. And if they don't feel good in their own body, that's mm -hmm. the pediatrician's job. That's when their doctor should have a conversation about small tweaks in their lifestyle that can make a lifelong difference. Mm. So help your child understand that people's opinions are not facts. Mm -hmm. People's opinions do not give us self-worth. Right. 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 So if your child is really struggling with this, they definitely need therapy. Okay. Absolutely. Now I get a lot of parents in my practice that tell me my child doesn't like their body, but they're not depressed. They feel fine. How do you know, mom or dad? The mm. answer usually is because they talk to me about everything. And I ask them and they say that they're not depressed. But I want another big message to parents. Your children want to spare you. Your children mm. love you. And if they're hiding their true sadness or depression, it's because they're trying to spare you your feelings because you're working so hard to make ends meet for them. Mm -hmm. Why don't they put something extra on their plate? And when I talk to children alone without their parents in the room, and that's what they always tell me. I feel this way. And I always say, well, did you talk to your parents about this? And the answer usually is they have so much on their mind. I can't manage to bring this up with them. So uh -huh. parents, follow your gut. Even if your kid says they're not sad or depressed, but you see them having mm. issues, they need a professional to talk to. So to answer Charles's question, the answer is therapy is really helpful to help with self-esteem, self-confidence, and to just figure out what an opinion is versus a fact. Right. 
I love it, love it, love it. I love the opinion versus fact, and I'll probably use that as my kids get a little bit older and then we can discern, you know, opinion versus fact. And then I'll be using all of this on me because that's true. <laughs> like, is this an opinion or is this a fact? Now, as an adult, I can say it out loud and ask you. <laughs> so if you throw something at me, I might just have to ask you, well, is this an opinion or is this a fact? <laughs> Absolutely. I totally, I can handle it. Throw it at me. Yes, we'll throw it at you. So when you're when you're throwing negative talk to people, and I just said it's so important, the words that come out of your mouth before, you know, it should go through those filters. We've all seen that, right? Go through the filter. Like, is it helpful? Is it harm? Like, what is the intention of your words? Like, like is there something that you're saying just to talk? Or did you have the intention of helping or harming? Like, you know, and think about that before you release those words from your mouth. And Charles wants to thank you very much for that wonderful, wonderful um, set of explanation and tips and advice pertaining to the teenagers. So she, so Dr. Nupi says she has 13 year old twins and then she has to tell this to her twins too. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful, so did you have something else to add? No, I mean, it's, it's really important that we realize, and I spoke to a lot of therapists about this, that they deal with adults in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who still remember being called things when they were 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, so pay attention, guys, to what people are saying to your kids. Mm -hmm. And if they're saying hurtful things, go ahead and protect your kids by saying, my child is healthy and I love them the way they are. Use Absolutely. those words in front of your child. Let mm -hmm. them know how much you appreciate and love them no matter what other people say. Absolutely, absolutely, wow. That's just so important to, for us to stand up, like we said, for our kids, because you are one of the most important people in their lives. And if you are one of the most important people in their lives and you are standing up for them, you're their superhero. You know, you're blocking it with the shields and the armor and you're protecting them. I cannot imagine how empowered they'll feel further on. And it'll continue opening the doors of conversation if others try to use negative words towards them, you know, and then they eventually become empowered enough to say the words themselves. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. So we're almost at the end. Yes, the teens are tough. <laughs> and I do want to know, so Dr. Pollock, if you weren't a doctor, this is one of my fun questions that I ask all of my guests. If you weren't a doctor, what would you be? Oh, child, I would be a dancer. I would just dance all day long. I love it. <laughs> so we have a couple dancers. Okay. I love, 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 love this. So we have the dancing queen. Any particular um, style of dancing that you like or you just once the music hits you? That's it. I just want to freestyle it. Love it when the music hits you. Like they said, um, I said Bob Marley has this phrase on his song. He says, one thing about music is that once it hits you, you feel no pain. So you are just there. There it is. There it is and dancing, dancing, dancing away. Alrighty, so now you know, you really hit some very powerful topics. And this is a, this it's within itself about how to speak to your preteens and teens, how to get the powerful message out there that we're not discussing weight, you know, we're discussing health, you know, and I think it's just very powerful. And this is a message that needs to be spread all throughout. And I know that you're a powerful speaker. So I know that there are others who are listening or watching or probably will see this replay, listen to this audio on our podcast um and they want to get in contact with you to have you speak to their churches to have you speak to the schools especially right guidance counselors colleges um to have the the um even in the societies um organizations that are there within the community like you're in new jersey and we got north jersey we got south jersey and we have new york you're in north jersey right across from new york city city, Manhattan, you know, really getting this powerful message out there. How can these people find you, Dr. Pollock, so that you can really continue spreading that health is really more important than weight, especially in these preteens and teens? Oh, thank you for that. Um, first of all, LinkedIn is a great place to find me if you're looking for a speaker. I love speaking virtually, in person, 
I can do it all um, <laughs> about this topic. Super excited to talk about this topic because I think it can change the world uh, mm -hmm. for our young people, to be honest. Um, I also do post daily videos on Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook. If you're interested, Progressive Pediatrics is the mm -hmm. name of the uh, practice. So I do mm -hmm. post daily videos on our website. Uh, I mean, on the Facebook page and on Instagram, uh, Progressive Pediatrics. And also uh, on LinkedIn, it's my name, Noha Polak. Wonderful. So you guys sat there, you know, this is just so powerful. And this is coming from someone with many years of experience. You've been doing it there within the, the Northeast area. So, you know, spread this message, although it's originating from our wonderful physician in the Northeast, it's a message that needs to be spread throughout the world. It's really important for us to really take a look at how we're speaking to our children, how we're speaking in front of our children, even more importantly, and the message behind the words that we're saying and sometimes even the hidden messages that we're not that we're taking for granted so come and connect with dr noha Polak if you're on linkedin we have a lot of people on linkedin yes there and like thanks dr Nupi. hashtag progressive pediatrics um there on instagram um if you want to get in contact with her there you can do so i thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. My sister doc, I'm glad I was able to get her out to you all. We've been talking about this for a long time. We finally did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. So as we mentioned, you know, if you would like to see this wonderful conversation again, you can go to our website, which is our and just select podcast. And if you are a physician and you would like to be on the Dr. Tamara Beckford show, so just go ahead and send an email to Dr. Tamara Beckford at yourcuringdocs.com and then let me know. Just say, hey, I want to be on your show, and then we will send you the link, <laughs> and then we'll have you connect. Now, do keep in mind that the show is booked out roughly three months in advance, so if you have a grand opening, if you have a book release, if you have any great big thing that you just want everybody to know about, do time it, right? If you want to just come on and show your great expertise of things that you're doing inside and outside of medicine, wonderful. Also book, I'd love to have you on so that we can have everybody know all these amazing things because us docs, we're not one trick pony. We had a lot of skills out there, right? So thank you so much, Dr. Noha. Thank you so much for jumping on the show. Thank you all the people in the chat for lighting up the chat and helping to continue this wonderful conversation conversation. Is there anything that you would like to say? Let's give a last minute advice or tips before we go. My biggest piece of advice is that your word will last in your child's mind forever. So make sure that you say the right thing. And if you slip up and say the wrong thing, just apologize. We're all human. Say, oops, that was uncalled for. Forgive me. Look at that. Oops. That was on call for, forgive me. And you know what? Even though they might roll their eyes, they probably will forgive you. So wonderful, wonderful tip. Thank you so much. Thank you guys all. We're going to sign off. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Have a great day.